0: welcome to redhead racing radio andrew curlin here with jason schultz what is that that you're holding
1: oh it's a frisbee (laughs) you did
0: not expect to get that question
1: did you (laughs) it's a frisbee backpack attachment
0: what a frisbee backpack
1: in case you want no to attach your frisbee to your backpack
0: Oh, I thought you meant, like, it's a backpack just for Frisbees. I'm like, this, and they have specific attachments just for the Frisbee backpacks.
1: How many drugs are you on that you thought this was a backpack?
0: No, 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 no. I, I thought you were talking about a backpack specific for Frisbees, and it came with that attachment that was specific for the Frisbee right. backpack.
1: This is nothing as interesting as what you want to tell us before we get started <laughs> talking about something that happened over the weekend at a racetrack. I heard you were on CNN this morning.
0: No. All right. It was uh, – well, there's a lot more to it. So I'm doing laundry in our apartment, right? And we're on the uh, fourth or fifth floor of our building. Actually, make, this I
1: don't, dra- make this a dramatic, like, reinterpretation of the events. We well, were doing
0: laundry. I, don't worry. I'll, I'll get to it. So, yes, I was doing laundry, and my roommate, Mitchell, comes out from the balcony. He's like, you got to see this. So I run out, and there are probably – 20 to 30 police cars over the course of two blocks right outside of our window. Right outside our balcony. With a police helicopter circling the area. They start coming in. There's armored cars that are rolling in. They have police attack dogs. They have giant guns. We're like, what on earth is going on right outside our house? Yeah, they found us. Seriously. So... We, we are sitting out here on our balcony for probably like an hour and a half watching this all happen. Like literally going inside for class and then rushing right out as soon as it's happening. And apparently there were two suspects of a shooting from earlier today who were on the run and like were hiding out in some house a block away from us. So they had people, the police officers had like loudspeakers and they were like shouting into the house like, come out peacefully and nobody gets hurt and like all that like crazy stuff. And, um, and so like there was just probably like a standoff for 30 minutes. A woman came out and they walked her to a police car and then shortly after um, the other suspect came out. So, and, and but like it was... A crazy scene of probably like, I mean, that was right when I came out, and then there there were even more. They blocked off two whole blocks, crime scene tape, everything. It was wild.
1: Did you come out peacefully with your hands up?
0: <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. We came out peacefully with our hands up. No, it was... And uh, people
1: don't know if you're broadcasting live from prison.
0: Yes, that's right. Hey, everyone. Broadcasting You want to say anything to your dad that's listening? Prisoner, yeah. I'll tell him. Um... But yeah, it was funny. We went down and uh, literally we were standing in the background of a press conference as uh, the police chief was like explaining what happened because we didn't know. So like we got his explanation and uh, all these reporters were like, did you see it and stuff like that? So we, uh, we were on the local news tonight on uh, NBC 12 and I don't know what the Fox station is. Fox 15. So we were all over Arizona. Our faces.
1: Now the... Not
0: our mugshots, though.
1: Now you're wanted.
0: Yeah, on the, on the run.
1: All the crime shows I watch, it's the people that like willingly participate in like interviews and help the investigation that usually are the culprits. So I'm pretty confident you're the ones that are looking for you. So you better watch out.
0: Why would you, like if it's, you're a culprit, why would you help?
1: Because like you be would. Right
0: under their noses. Like they try to look innocent.
1: You throw them off. That's what happens in the crime shows I watch. It's good TV. Because
0: you, you don't expect them. The... And in the end it's like,
1: whoa, <laughs> they did it. And you're like,
0: what? Hey, Jason, this is real life here, okay? This ain't no TV show. Wait, have you ever played Among Us?
1: Oh, God. Last night, I was tagged in 35 tweets about that. I was like, God get out of here. Did I miss something? No, because B- Brett was playing, and then I don't know, Bubba was playing, and TJ was playing, and Garrett Smith was tagging game? tweets. I don't know. They were playing. I don't know how this game works. But I was tagged in all these tweets because it was from, I think, DB someone, it's DBC started connecting somehow so they were all playing and I was connect tagging all these tweets I've scheduled an appointment with our friend Ryan on Thursday night for him to explain the game to me
0: (laughs) you've scheduled an appointment well anyways like I was a killer in this game and I'm like ooh, to throw myself off the scent I'll report the dead body and I ended up getting caught so
1: that doesn't really work only in tv shows
0: yeah, that's right. This is real life. And speaking of real life, we had some real racing this past weekend at the Roval. A little bit of rain, a little bit of sunshine.
1: I want to say something about TV shows real quick in the race. Okay. NBC needs to stop putting the race on Big NBC and then changing the channel at the end of the race. Not only, not this, the first two weeks, whatever. This week, it was the extreme Race went from NBC to CNBC.
0: Yeah. A big God, downgrade. that was dumb.
1: But that race was some of the most entertaining racing I have ever watched. That was awesome. Like Racing in flooding. Like, who <laughs> would have ever thought of that?
0: Seriously. Like, I I pray for rain every time there's a possibility at a road course because it, it's just – and what we saw was so entertaining. Like, I was worn out watching it. Yeah. Like, it literally – and my roommates were watching too. They're like, oh my god, this – it has to be just a drag and, like, just, like, mentally defeating if you're in that car. I could not imagine how difficult that must have been, racing in yeah. basically, like, a flood.
1: Of course, it does take skill to probably drive in that. But it also was a game of luck, drivers were saying, where it was, like, I just would brake and hope it worked. I would go through the water, hope I got through. It. Like, it was just – but it was fun to watch. And a lot of people on Twitter – not a lot, but, like, a good amount were saying – why are you enjoying this? This is a joke. Like we don't want every race to be like this in the rain, but like this, this all, everything came together to make this race play out like that. And it was so fun to watch guys were spinning guys were wrecking. And that's the thing. NASCAR has lacked a lot of cautions and spins and wrecks in the last bunch of years because of various reasons, but this race had all that. And that's what makes racing exciting normally. And we had that and I loved it.
0: Yeah, no, it was entertaining and, it was amazing to the standpoint of they had to red flag it to make the track less wet. Like it was so like the race that had rain and had rain tires still found a way to get delayed because of rain, which yeah. was well, crazy
1: to me. The problem is Charlotte Moore Speedway was a not yeah, the prepared training. for that or yeah. built for that. It's a, bit per, like a purpose-built infield road course. So it's like, especially that turn one where it's basically just they put a wall in between the oval and the road course so they can go into the infield. Like, no way there's any drainage system right there helping out when a rain piles up like it did. Yeah. But it was so much fun to watch. Oh, God. It was like so much happened and there was so much action. Um, I thought, I swear, they did say this early in the week that they wouldn't race at night at the oval because there's not enough lighting in the infield. However, they let this race finish an hour after dark and spotters and drivers were saying, we literally could not see in the infield and they were letting them race through there like that. Yeah. And TV, like we were watching on TV and it didn't look as bad. Would you agree? It didn't look like you could see a little bit, but TV does makes it brighter. So you can see the action that's happening. The drivers were in pitch black racing through that infield with like three stand up lights.
0: That's nuts. And uh, what I thought was interesting and I guess it makes a little bit more sense than I think about it, but the big screen really shined a ton of light on the car. So I'm like, oh, maybe that helps them. But then they said, oh, like all the drivers of post-race yeah. zoom said that big screen literally blinded us going. I don't know what turn it was going to turn four or turn five or whatever. It's this like, is sounding not like... only can you not see, but you have a bright, shining, massive yeah. light in your eyes. It's like, that's crazy.
1: This is sounding like Mario Kart. We had the rain, we had the flooding, we had the Bright big screen. It's like There's all these obstacles. On the track, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, that was so good. Happy to see a Jolminger win. That was cool. Um, he was complaining the whole entire race. Like I was listening to his radio because Freddie Crafts was spotting for him, and he's very funny, and they were very funny on the radio. Chris Rice was his crew chief too, very funny. Freddie at one point threatened. He's like, "I'm gonna have to drive home naked. I'm so wet standing up here in <laughs> the grandstands." And then he's like, "I'm gonna get put on some kind of list or something if I get pulled over doing that." So. That was the most entertaining part of my race. I told him about that. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm glad you were entertained by that. I was having a miserable time. I won. I was still mad. So that was funny. But it was good to see.
0: Yeah. AJ in the post-race Zoom, he said this is going to be one of the most memorable wins of his career. And just because of how crazy the circumstances was. And uh, I I wish I listened to the radio. Um, AJ's radio specifically. That's what I did. It It sounded like it was a good time.
1: Yeah, he was complaining the whole time. AJ, he's been, I don't know. I don't know if he plans to make a comeback in NASCAR to try to I compete for championships again, but I have a feeling he's been doing a lot this year, not even just road courses ovals too, and he's been really good with colleague. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a heavier schedule of races next year, so that would be cool to see. Good personality. Yeah. We need personalities like him.
0: And AJ winning in, uh, in an oval. Didn't he win in Atlanta? Atlanta, yeah. So like it's no longer the the case that he just wins on these road courses. Like he is actually now a an oval racer. I would love to see him full time in the Xfinity Series. I know Chris Rice, the post race zoom said that like there is no limit to what they what ideas they'll entertain. Whether that be a third car in the NASCAR Xfinity Series Cup car. So Colleague racing. It's really cool their story of of just. They were a nobody team a few years ago and now they're trophy hunting and, and one of the top Xfinity series teams.
1: It's great that someone like Matt colleague who owns that team is willing to invest all of his own money to do this. Like that's what it takes in NASCAR these days. People investing their money to make something like that happen. And the amount of teams they have, they do have some sponsorship, but he's investing a lot of money. So we're very thankful that he's doing that and hopefully he continues to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. You know what? I I was, I think Saturday's race was the best race of the weekend. Agree or disagree?
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday was was better than Sunday.
1: Because everyone said, well, it's going to rain Sunday too. And I expect, I woke up Sunday morning thinking it's probably going to rain too. And it was, I was staying at my friend Tyler, or producer Tyler, I don't have to say friend, producer Tyler's house. And it was raining and windy pretty much all morning. We were kind of in South Charlotte, but the, like all this rain was coming from a hurricane system that was, and like kind of moving over Tennessee and stuff. So all the rain was kind of coming north um, from south to north. So we thought we it was raining there. So I'm like, it's got to be raining on the track. And unfortunately, it wasn't. It was still wet at the beginning, but oh, I was so open. Like imagine that cup race like okay. an exchange race. That I was just so hyped for that. What was and we interesting. got let down.
0: I, I did think what was interesting, even though we didn't have rain – we started on rain tires, and then it was up to the teams on, like, when do you switch? And watching Boyer try to hold on with those rain tires, oh, I what was... I would have – that was – okay, like – and I don't know if you saw NBC show it afterwards. They were completely yeah. shredded. Like but he needed stage points so badly. And that's why he's doing it,
1: which was fun to watch. You
0: go for it. And, like, you, you entertain the ideas. Like, all right, Boyer's running well. Could he keep this up? What I wish happened was – I wish it rained right at the end of the race, like with maybe like yeah. 10, 15 laps to go because NASCAR does not throw that caution if it starts raining. So it's up to the teams on like, when do we want to come in? Yeah. When's it right for rain tires? The strategy with that Tire so strategy. fascinating to me. I, yeah, I just wish we got to see that, but you know what? Next
1: time. It, I As I was driving back to my place by the lake here in Charlotte, um, it was raining. It was probably like a half hour after the race. It was raining all along the highway that was near the track. So I'm like, if oh, this race only started an hour later or something, we could have had it. Yeah. Um, the tire thing is interesting. That tire str- like having teams choose different tires. I mentioned before. I've started getting into F1 this year, and that's what huge with them. Like it's tire strategy. You got to pick the right tires. And they have different tire compounds, and that's what makes – that adds strategy to the race. In NASCAR, there's not that much strategy, especially with stages. Strategy gets taken out of the book pretty much. So I wish we would have more tire strategy like we saw Sunday.
0: You know, I feel like I'm one of few – this is like a hot take, I guess, in NASCAR. It's like I liked the option tire in the all-star race. Like I – it didn't work out, but the concept of it – man, I'm all on board, just like what you said. And IndyCar does the same thing. It's like, when's the right time to put sticker reds on? What do you put scuffs on? Like, I wish we had more variations with the tires. And I don't know if that's just a Goodyear thing. Like, they Expensive. need to focus on one tire right now. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, with the money too. So. They can
1: barely make one tire, so having them make three tires would be a little interesting. Yeah. Um, But that would be interesting. I think it's now thinking about it, it's definitely a cost thing. and. The All Star Race, it just didn't work out like it's supposed to. If it did work out right, I think it would have been exciting. But I was there; yeah. that was my first All Star Race. It was very interesting. I got a great picture of the tire sitting along the front of the stretch of the wall with the track in the background. It was great social media content. All right, so twenty seventeen, well, right? Yeah,
0: I was there. Did you, do you? Rem- we we were the, hanging yeah. out, right?
1: No, we met that year at um, the Hall of Fame. That was probably the first time we had seen oh. her since then. We probably weren't hanging out. Like, it wasn't like we were, I don't think we were good enough friends. So, like, hey, after the race, do you want to go?
0: Yeah. Maybe, I don't think we did. I don't no. remember.
1: But we definitely saw each other that weekend. You were seeing me in action working uh, with the Speedway doing social media stuff. But yeah. I'll, first thing I want to say, I'm kind of glad I didn't go to the race, didn't go to the roval to work this year because if I had to be outside capturing social media content on Saturday and the downpours, that would have sucked. Come on. See, that's one of the things. I think I would totally want to do that. No, why would you purposely sign up to get completely soaked, potentially ruin all your I equipment, and just to get a picture that's going to turn out bad because it's terrible conditions outside?
0: Okay, well you put it that way. No, yeah, but like to be there and out in the elements, I think I don't know. I think I would kind of enjoy that. It's kind of like a you you live only would... live once. When are you going to ever experience this? All right,
1: you'll sit out there for five minutes and be like, "This was sucks. it cold." Um, it was moderate. So would you volunteer if it was a, of course it doesn't (laughs) rain in Arizona, but if you were going to go to someplace and it's going to torrential downpour for four hours, would you volunteer to sit outside in that? Depends. I mean, it depends what it is, but would you just voluntarily want to sit outside and pouring rain for four hours?
0: If it's a NASCAR race, I would do that. I mean, not the whole time, but if I, I mean, I don't know.
1: Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. A little more about Sunday's race. We'll get to our point standings, too, after our non-playoff point-to-point standings. I don't know. Roval first first year was freaking crazy insane. Last year, it had some crazy parts to it. This year, it had some, like, the rain. The wet surface was interesting. But overall, I felt like everyone hyped this race up, especially thinking it was going to rain all day and then thinking, oh, you saw what's happened before, and now it's an elimination race in the round 12. Like, everything's going to be crazy. I think races are being too hyped up right now because I was let down based on all that hype before the race. And I think the same thing happened at Bristol. Talladega, yeah. everything looked up to the hype. I think the first, like Darlington, didn't really do much either. Daytona. I think Daytona actually exceeded my expectations. Well, here's, here's a trend. Super Speedway races never let us down. Yeah. But these other races, like, I've been, the playoffs have just been kind of disappointing. And I think it's potentially because everything's being hyped up as, oh, short tracks, everyone's going to wreck. It's going to be exciting. Eliminations, crazy. Roval, Oh, you've seen what happened before the Roval, It's all gonna happen again. It might rain. Like I was just disappointed. The race like it wasn't like it was interesting. It was more interesting than any other mile and a half race because he had a lot of different leaders, a lot of different things happening, guys spinning. But I don't know. I was I left Sunday disappointed.
0: Yeah, this playoff so far has definitely Ooh. been less eventful yeah. than previous years. But I hope I hope we can pick it up. What do we got? Four left? That's crazy. Because we're
1: going to Texas Motor Speedway in two weeks, and you know that's where the excitement lives.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Kansas, I I like Kansas.
1: Kansas is probably the second best mile and a half track. Yeah. But
0: Texas. God. What was I going to say?
1: You want to turn Texas into a Walmart? Hey, me too. Or a short track. We can do that now.
0: Man, I'm blanking out. Completely blanking on it. I don't know. You want to say, yeah, Jason,
1: I agree with everything you were going to say. No. Um, any other thoughts? Chase Elliott winning the Roval again—he's very good at road courses.
0: Oh, I remember what I was gonna say
1: what about Chase Elliott. How nice! Go ah,
0: ahead. it's not even that worth it.
1: Okay, all right, we'll just move on. Comment on Chase Elliott though.
0: Yeah, Chase, how many how many races in a row road courses is that? I think it's
1: four. Yeah. Which he's already the fifth all-time leadingest—that's not word—most road course wins, fifth all-time in the Cup Series.
0: Dang, really? Wow. How about that? Road course ace. I would not have expected that on Chase Elliott.
1: Chase, the road course ace. Yeah. Yeah, no one would have because he didn't really grow up doing short tracks. But I think Hendrick has something figured out, so that's cool. All right. Our playoff point standings after Charlotte. Um, I don't think we need to read it like... I think obviously the points were closer. We discussed that last week going into Roval. And I think if the points were closer, guys like Kyle Busch, who were only probably five or six points out, actually, in our standings, Kyle was two out going to the Roval. He he would have raced differently. Like when you're that close, Austin Dillon was four out. They would have totally raced differently because they knew how close they were, stage points, all that kind of stuff. And so I think that would have been more exciting. But overall, we had the same four guys eliminated as the current playoff points or current playoff standings had. So, I don't see why NASCAR can't adapt our point system, which is only use the playoff points from that are accumulated in the playoffs for the round of 12, round of 8, because we got the same result and it was just closer and potentially more exciting.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, all the playoff guys who needed to win basically had issues though, right?
1: Yeah, but I think it would have been different had they've been closer in points to begin with.
0: All right, Jason, what are our playoff standings? Obviously, the final bottom four are still the same being eliminated, but the the points differential, I think, is different with ours.
1: So we had uh, Kurt Busch, Denny Haleman, Chase Elliott, of course, advancing with victories. Fourth place, Mark Truex Jr. was 43 points above, above the cutoff line. Fifth place, Alex Bowen, 34 points above the cutoff line. Sixth place Joey Logano 32 points above the cutoff line seventh place Kevin Harvick 24 points above the cutoff line So he would have had a much tougher time in this round without his massive unfair playoff point advantage Eighth place Brad Keselowski plus 19 over the cutoff line and that leaves our bottom four who were eliminated Austin Dillon would have been ninth, minus 19 below the line 10th Clint Boyer minus 26 below the line 11th Kyle Busch minus 28 and 12th Eric Amarola minus 43 so it was closer, but just the idea that if they went in that race only a few points out, they would have raced differently.
0: Interesting. Kevin Harvick, seventh. Like, that's a significant difference.
1: But here's the thing. He, he would have, I think, raced differently had our points system been in place because that's he doesn't have true. a massive points advantage. And that's right. what's most unfair. Like, we're, we're going into the round of eight now, and Harvick... 60-plus points advantage over everybody else again. I'm like, that just seems completely unfair. Yeah. But the way to dilute that advantage in this round is to have three guys not named Kevin Harvick or Denny, Han- Denny Hamlin win. win these races. Which, Imagine that. Imagine one of those two doesn't get in. Yeah, that that would be the most exciting thing. However, they are all, Kevin Harvick in this fall Texas race, this used to be Jimmy Johnson and his dominant days. This fall Texas race, that was Jimmy's race. Like if he's going to win the championship, he's winning that race. Kevin Harvick has, of course he hasn't won the championship, but that's the race he's turned into that he wins every year. So I would expect him to be strong there, but it'd be nice if someone else that's not named those two guys wins.
0: Man, and shout-out to Alex Bowman making the round of eight. I feel like, and and he said this in, in post-race, that him and his team don't get the respect that they deserve. Yeah, and they
1: don't.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, he raced his way. I mean, he wasn't even a storyline because he wasn't, I mean, yeah, he was by the cut line, but he made it into this next round, and he's been a guy that I've always said over the years, like, can make it to the round of eight. I, I think I had him in the round of eight. Last year, and it's I, I love these little storylines of drivers being able to prove us wrong. I love that Austin Dillon was able to prove us wrong. I wish he had a better opportunity to race his way into the round of eight because that would have been cool. But props to Alex Bowman taking on and uh, going into the round of eight. What Something interesting, too. You would have thought, like, oh, maybe this Jimmy Johnson thing adds to anxiety and stress, but it actually took away from it, um, which I found was interesting.
1: Do we you know something else that would make underdog stories like Bowman happen more often? What? Getting rid of playoff points, transferring to each round. Yeah. Yeah. That's our whole point. We'll keep doing that. Point standings going into the round of eight to see how close it'd be and see what kind of different stories or drivers we may have going in the final four, but that'll be very interesting. Um going to Kansas. Kansas, Kansas, two mile halves in this round. Then we go to Martinsville, which should be fun. But of course, all these Martinsville's elimination race, which sounds really awesome. However, hopefully the hype, that hype lives up. If if we only have one race that has the hype live up in the playoffs, I hope it's that one. And Phoenix. There's hype around Phoenix. Just kidding. I think Phoenix. It's interesting that's a different track. I just hope it puts on a good race.
0: Me too. Uh, I'm officially excited to announce I'll be going to Phoenix.
1: I think you had your races mixed up. You're actually going to a Halloween themed 5K in Phoenix. That's a different race. It's not the championship race.
0: You want to know something really funny? You sent me that, and I'm like, ooh, interesting. And so there are a few of those races, like the running races that, like, literally you sent. I'm like, I might want to sign up for that. So you gave me some inspiration before the end of the year to enter in a few of the. I think I want to do a ten k and a half marathon. By I thought the end you of were talking That's
1: what you were talking about when you say you got you officially found out you're going to a race.
0: Shut up. That's just no. Forget it. You know what you're doing.
1: However, you're welcome.
0: Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. My head starts spinning the moment I I can think about participating in a running race. I've never never done a one officially before so i want to i want to try a 10k out which is 6.2 miles and then a half marathon 13.1 which is uh my goal to do before the end of 2020
1: you're gonna try to do a half marathon in the next three months yeah i don't think there's just those just don't just happen i think you feel like I, I don't know maybe Arizona's differently where they're hosting events like that still but yeah no
0: they, they there are races you can sign up for
1: cool all right before we bore people with more running stories they we can tell more to follow us on twitter you can follow me on twitter at hey jason Schultz because i am only let me give an update on my <laughs> follower account and i assume if you're listening you probably already follow me but i appreciate that but tell your friends because i'm 12 followers away from 6,000, and that's a big number so i'm hoping to get there soon Yes. If you say I'll unfollow you so you have one less, I'm going to kill you.
0: I was thinking about it, but I'm like, ah, that's too easy. I'll that's just... why
1: I can't tell our group chat I have 6,000 followers until I have 6,006 followers just to prevent <laughs> that from
0: happening. That's funny. Well, um, never say never. I'll, I'll, I'll get the word out early. How about that?
1: Thank you. Where can I follow you on Twitter?
0: You can follow me on Twitter at TV. talking to... Uh, some, some drivers: Martin Truex Jr., Joey Logano, Chad Knaus. Coming up in the next few weeks, Daniel Hemrick, So, um, some fun stuff along there. And then, of course, coverage from Phoenix Raceway. I'm really
1: what kind forward. of cover quickly because we have to go. We'll talk about this more in a few weeks. But like, what co- kind of coverage do you expect to be able to do at Phoenix?
0: Looking like I'll be up on Rattlesnake Hill. There's some things. Um, there's some different media things that are going on, and I think I'm going to be up on Rattlesnake Hill covering the race all three races from up there, which would be pretty cool and kind of unique, honestly.
1: Are they, is that just like they're letting you set up there or is it something that they're actually like putting on for people to do? No,
0: this is uh, my idea. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
1: this, hey guy, hey Phoenix Raceway, this one random kid just wants to sit up on the hill. Let's just let him, let's put him a chair, maybe an umbrella. What
0: if I, oh, what if I got like a desk and something? Ooh, that could be kind of cool.
1: There's a loser up on Rattlesnake Hill.
0: (laughs) All right, the Fugitive. That was good
1: show. The Fugitive, actually. The
0: Fugitive, exactly. Fugitive. I'm still in the run, everyone. Um, so if you uh, want to know where I'm at, what I'm doing, follow me on Twitter. And uh, thanks for listening to the show today. The End. The
1: End.